Greetings to those who watch below. So, I've heard you guys like weird cryptids. So, for today's video, we're going to look at five of the strangest cryptids from around the world. But before we start, I'd like to say thank you to those who dwell below. Steffi Ray, Wicked Witch, Lisa Watts, Lefty Kim, Irish Creeper Pasta Guy, Jess Black Curtain, and Christina Groves. For being part of the exclusive channel membership that gets you shoutouts at the start of every video. If you'd like to join them, check out the link in the description box. Also, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the channel, clicking the notification bell so you don't miss any videos. But now, sit back, relax, and enjoy. The Enfield Horror During the early 1970s, something horrible stalked the small town of Enfield, Illinois. Although Illinois is already home to phenomena such as strange lights, phantom black panthers and thunderbirds, something even stranger briefly haunted the people of this town. On April 25, 1973, Henry McDaniel was among the first to encounter this terrible aberration. At about 9.30pm that night, McDaniel and his wife had returned home. They were greeted by their two children, Lil and Henry. The kids proceeded to tell him a tale about how some thing had tried to get into the house by scratching on the door. Shortly thereafter, Henry was alerted to a peculiar scratching sound at his front door. He expected to see a dog or a cat, but what he met instead was far stranger. What Henry found to his terror was a creature that had three legs on it, a short body, two little short arms, and two pink eyes as big as flashlights. It stood four and a half feet tall and was greyish coloured. It was trying to get into the house. Henry was completely mortified by the sight of this horrible apparition. He slammed the door and rushed to grab his twenty-two pistol and a flashlight. Henry proceeded to fire on the creature four times, and according to him, when I fired that first shot, I know I hit. The beast hissed at him and proceeded to bound away in long leaps across the yard, eventually becoming lost to McDaniel's sight as it made its way towards the railroad and the cover of the trees. He asserted that he had seen the thing cover fifty feet in three leaps. Stunned by the encounter, Henry called the police. Upon investigation, the state troopers discovered a series of scratches in the siding of the house, and footprints that were very similar to a dog's, but having six toes instead of four. Two of the tracks were four inches wide, while the print left by the third foot was smaller. Many on the police force were sceptical about what McDaniel had seen, despite having just received news of an attack on a small boy just 30 minutes earlier. The creature had ripped at the child's clothes with the claws on his arms, while the talons on the toes had shredded the kid's shoes. However, the police couldn't find any trace of the entity, so things cooled down. However, on May 6th at 3am, Henry encountered the creature again, after having been roused from his sleep by the commotion from his neighbour's dogs. Once again, he saw the creature loitering about near the train tracks. This went on for several minutes, until the entity casually bounced away into the night. McDaniel later said, I saw something moving out on the railroad track, and there it stood. I didn't shoot at it or anything. It started going down the railroad track. It wasn't in a hurry or nothing. Then, after the word of the Enfield horror had gotten around, people began to flock to the small town in hopes of seeing the thing. They were very enthusiastic, 
but they were also intrusive. This prompted the local sheriff, Roy Pashard Jr., to warn McDaniel about keeping his mouth shut, or he would be forced to incarcerate McDaniel. Over the next few months, the crowds began to grow larger. With the larger crowds came increased alarm among the citizens of Enfield. Some of them were genuine monster hunters, while others were just hunters or thrill-seekers with guns. This forced the sheriff's hand, particularly when he had to arrest five gun-toting hunters for shooting at a grey thing that ran through the woods. Two of those hunters, Mike Mogul and Roger Tappy, both from Elwood, Indiana, both swore that they had witnessed a grey monkey quickly moving through the underbrush. Sheriff Pochard made numerous threats against Henry McDaniel, who was convinced that there was something very strange going on. Shortly thereafter, once the frenzy of hunters and tourists had died down, four more people saw the Enfield horror. On Sunday, May the 6th, Rick Rainbow, the then director of radio station WWKI in Kokoma, Indiana, was searching an area with three friends when they saw something that was about five and a half feet in height, grey, and stooped over running through the woods near an abandoned house, which it was reported was nearby McDaniel's home. The entity moved with an unnatural speed and quickly vanished from the four men's sight. However, Rick Rainbow claimed to have recorded the creature's eerie shriek as it ran away from them on a tape recorder. Despite investigation by world-renowned cryptozoologist Lauren Coleman, the attention that the sightings received eventually died down, and the creature hasn't been seen since. Lauren told the papers, I travelled to Enfield, interviewed the witnesses, looked at the siding of the house the Enfield monster had damaged, heard some strange screeching banshee-like sounds, and walked away, bewildered. The Grampus Not to be confused with the holiday horror the Krampus, the Grampus is a bizarre, tree-dwelling, porpoise-like creature said to have terrified villagers who tread too close to the rural English churchyard where it made its home. Highclere is a village that lies in the northern part of Hampshire, near the Berkshire border. While it is most famous for being the home of Highclere Castle, it is also the address of the Highclere Church, which was the alleged habitat of one of the strangest cryptids ever recorded. While there's not much written record concerning this unique beast, what has been passed down through the centuries are eyewitness accounts of a strange, wheezing animal that was said to resemble a dolphin or porpoise. What's even more odd is that unlike its ostensibly marine mammalian kin, the Grampus was said to dwell in the branches of an ancient yew tree located in the Highclere churchyard. While the Grampus was not considered to be particularly dangerous, it did manage to terrify locals by emitting a disturbing cacophony of guttural noises, and more alarmingly, chasing anyone foolish enough to wander too close to its tree. What means of movement it used to propel itself in these pursuits remains a mystery. Needless to say, the Highclere natives believe this bizarre beast to be a demon, and they promptly joined a local clergyman to help rid them of what they perceived to be a demonic entity. The clergyman agreed, and through the rite of exorcism, by means of bell, book and candle, managed to banish the beast into the Red Sea for a period of no less than a thousand years. One of the few printed references to the Grampus was published in 1890 in Andrew Lang's Life, Letters and Diaries of Sir Stafford Northcote, the first Earl of Iddesley. 
Northcote, who lived between 1818 and 1887, was a British Conservative politician and lover of tales of the paranormal. He chronicled a short passage about the Grampus, which he refers to as a Grumpus. In his diary he wrote, A few days in autumn he spent in Highclere. His shooting was exorable, but he was consoled with an evening of ghost stories. Mrs. Blank had the advantage of us in having seen a ghost. He expected a visit from Grumpus, the Highclere bogey, who, it is true, had been laid in the Red Sea for a hundred years, but his time there was now nearly expired. While this brief account does not contain any new information on the Grampus, what it may help to illuminate is what period of time the beast actually lurked in the yew tree in Highclere churchyard. Northcote indicated that this fiend's banishment lasted merely a hundred years, which may be a typo, but most accounts agree that this beast was count but most accounts agree that this beast was cast out for no less than a millennium. Assuming that the one thousand year exile is accurate, that would place the Grampus's tenure in the yew tree at somewhere in the order of the late ninth century AD. The Mongolian Death Worm The Mongolian Death Worm is a cryptid reported to exist in the Gobi Desert. It is described as a bright red worm with a wide body that is two to five feet long. The worm is the subject of a number of extraordinary claims by Mongolian locals, such as the ability of the worm to spew forth acid that, on contact, will turn anything it touches yellow and corroded and which would kill a human, as well as its reported ability to kill at a distance by means of electrical discharge. Though natives of the Gobi have long told tales of the Olgoi Korkoi, the creature first came to the Western attention as a result of Professor Roy Chapman Andrews' 1926 book on the trail of ancient man. The US paleontologist was not convinced by the tales of the monster that he heard at a gathering of Mongolian officials. None of those present had ever seen the creature, but they all firmly believed in its existence and described it minutely. The Flatwoods Monster The Flatwoods Monster, also known as the Braxton County Monster, or the Phantom of Flatwoods, is an alleged unidentified extraterrestrial or cryptid reported to be sighting in the town of Flatwoods in Braxton County, West Virginia, on September 12, 1952. At 7.15pm, two brothers, Edward and Fred May, and their friend Tommy Heyer, aged 13, 12 and 10, witnessed a bright object cross the sky. The object appeared to come to rest on land belonging to local farmer G. Bailey Fisher. Upon witnessing the object, the boys went to the home of the May brothers' mother, Kathleen May, where they reported seeing a UFO crash land in the hills. From there, Mrs. May accompanied the three boys with local children Neil Nunley and Ronnie Shaver and 17-year-old West Virginia National Guardsman Eugene Jean Lemon. They travelled to the Fisher farm in an effort to locate whatever it was that the boys had seen. Lemon's dog ran ahead out of sight and suddenly began barking, and moments later ran back to the group with its tail between its legs. After travelling about a quarter of a mile, the group reached the top of the hill, where they reportedly saw a large pulsating ball of fire about 50 feet to their right. They also detected a pungent mist that made their eyes and nose burn. 
Lemon then noticed two small lights over to the left of the object, underneath a nearby oak tree, and directed his flashlight towards them, revealing the creature, which was reported to have emitted a shrill hissing noise before gliding towards them, changing direction, and then heading off towards the red light. At this point, the group fled in panic. Upon returning home, Mrs May contacted local Sheriff Robert Carr and Mr A. Lee Stewart, co-owner of the Braxton Democrat, a local newspaper. Stewart conducted a number of interviews and returned to the site with Lemon late that night, where he reported that there was a sickening, burnt metallic odour still prevailing. Sheriff Carr and his deputy Burnell Long searched the area separately, but reported finding no trace of the encounter. Early the next morning, on Saturday, September 13th, Mr. Stewart visited the site of the encounter for a second time and discovered two elongated tracks in the mud, as well as traces of a thick black liquid. He immediately reported them as being possible signs of a saucer landing based on the premise that the area had not been subjected to vehicle traffic for at least a year. It would later be revealed that the tracks most likely belonged to a 1942 Chevy pickup driven by local Max Lockhart, who had gone to the site to look for the creature some hours prior to Stewart's discovery. After the event, Mr. William and Donna Smith, investigators associated with the civilian saucer investigation, obtained a number of accounts from witnesses who claimed to have experienced a similar or related phenomena. These accounts included the story of a mother and her 21-year-old daughter, who claimed to have encountered a creature with the same appearance and odour a week prior to the September 12th incident. The encounter reportedly affected the daughter so badly that she was confined to Clarksburg Hospital for three weeks. They also gathered a statement from the mother of Eugene Lemon, in which she said that, at the approximate time of the crash, her house had been violently shaken and her radio had cut out for 45 minutes. And a report from the director of the local board of education, in which she claimed to have seen a flying saucer taking off at 6.30 on the morning of September the 13th. The Ningen. The Ningen is a cryptid that is located in the oceans of Antarctica in southern Asia. It has several appearances and is at least 20 to 30 meters long. It is said to have pale white skin and has appeared multiple times above and underwater. The Ningen has been described as being a humongous, blubbery whale-like creature whose smooth, pale form vaguely resembles the head, torso, and appendages of a human being. That, when having been noted, there are some eyewitnesses who have testified that it has a mermaid-like tail, rather than two hind legs, and others who insist that there are what resemble hands, complete with five fingers, at the end of its tendril-like arms. These beasts have supposedly been seen in the Pacific, Antarctic, and Atlantic Oceans, and are always described as being extraordinarily large, with a whitish complexion. Many observers have also reported that these animals have no distinct facial features, save for two huge eyes and a mouth-like slit. According to most accounts, these creatures are primarily nocturnal and tend to thrive in frigid Arctic waters. Initial reports of these marine animals were said to have emanated from the end of the 20th century, which is strange considering how many centuries mariners have been traversing the world's seas, with nary a mention of these bizarre, and purportedly gigantic beasts. 
Hi guys, thank you so much for listening to today's video. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure to leave a like. And also, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the channel, making sure you click that notification bell so you don't miss a video. If you want more cryptid videos or videos of weird creatures from folklore, also let me know in the comments section. I absolutely love finding these incredibly strange and weird creatures that people have seen. So, until next time, sleep tight.